You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest uh, this week is Lale Westwind. Uh, her work you can find in Hot Dog Beach, Hyperspeed to Nowhere, Now and Here, uh, Express Less, Titus and the Cyber Sun, and a whole slew of comics anthologies. Um, thank you, Lale, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, you're actually someone I've been wanting to talk to for a while, because um, there's something about your work that um, I find really fascinating that seems to be coming like from a completely different direction than a lot of stuff I'm seeing um, at the small press shows and whatnot. And I was showing it to a friend um, while I was prepping for this, and he was not really he doesn't really read a lot of small press stuff, but he was really struck by like the um, kind of the underground and European feeling to it. I don't know if that makes sense, like what kind of yeah. stuff you're into. Yeah, I, I read a lot of Tintin when I was younger, and Asterix and Obelix. Like, I read that more than uh, anything else, probably. Probably. Now, that's, that's European. <laughs> Indeed. Um... Maybe tell me a bit about your background with comics. Um, I guess you started doing small press in what two thousand eight. You started making stuff, or uh, uh, I guess I I made um, in two thousand and nine. I graduated from college, and I also made. I think that's that's when I made Titus. Okay. And then I went to the first mix in in Minneapolis with Ben Barton and Ian McDuffie. We're both close friends from Chicago, and and that was the first show that we ever did. And I'd I'd actually already moved to New York, but I kind of I wanted to visit Chicago again, anyways. And then we went to that show together, so that was the first. And I didn't even know that shows like that existed. And I think a lot of there's a lot more of them now than there were mm -hmm. then. But I had never been to a comics convention at all. There's a lot of them now. I, I didn't I had never even had an interest. Like as a child that didn't like it sounded kind of terrible. I think it is. That's fine. I mean, like <laughs> being in a convention center with a lot of that never you know. Um well what were you doing in art school? I was doing uh I was doing comics and animation and oil painting. Okay. I was doing like figurative like figure figure painting i guess um what did you like decide that comics was more of a focus of things or have you always kind of kept yourself dabbling in all three because you just yeah. you have some cartoons up on your vimeo site yeah. it says a focus action it's sort of i feel like it's sort of stupid but after i won the ignatz award or promising talent or whatever. It, just the idea, the idea that people actually liked them, which is the dumbest reason to do anything. But I, I, I actually, I always really loved doing comics, but I had this, like, this stupid bias in my head about low art and fine art, which is complete BS. Um, but I had that idea, so that was hard to get over. And then once I was over it, I was like, oh, I just want to do this. Um, Someone had said that your parents are artists too. Yeah. Um, so my my parent my mom is still an artist. Uh, she's just making work all the time. It's pretty weird. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. She sort of is like constructing strange artifacts from another dimension or something like all the time. Like from it it just it looks like habits of a crazy person. But that you know, because sometimes she's like gluing eggs back together, or, or she made these landscapes with mold once that were really cool, and they were like in the refrigerator. And it was like, don't eat that. It's oh, Jesus. And my my dad was, and he doesn't. He makes sculptures sometimes still. Like he likes welding stuff together, but he mainly he likes building houses. Okay. Uh, 
and he's the kind of guy he can he can like build a house from the ground up like electricity plumbing or he just like figures it out um yeah he's one of those people that just gets something and he can't he's like a terrible he can't he's a terrible teacher he can't explain anything that he's done he's just like oh you just you just do it or whatever yeah but so he was an artist in um they met in New York City in the 80s, like in the East Village. It was okay. like an artist community. He was living in a box that he made. It was like a nice box. Is that a plywood? Because plywood comes in 8x8 eight eight, or did. I don't know. So you, you just put those together with some 2x4 and you got a nice box. Because East Village was like totally bombed out back then. Yeah. There's a picture of that lot. I think there's like a, a grocery store there now or something. Uh, in the Lower East Side. It was on... I'm trying to think, I feel like it was on Avenue C between 7th and 6th. Anyways, there's a picture of him with um, Jimmy Carter outside of his box. On the box, he had painted the box with, he had this like very graphic um, graffiti. Sort. He actually made murals and stuff. And they were always black, like thick black lines with white and primary colors and I kind of I, that's like a big thing it's very hard for me to use green mm -hmm. and part of it I, well my, my father always said green was evil which I think was like left over from like a bad acid trip he had once or something and then um, is it just also just the mixing just not into doing that he's not into mixing yeah maybe well he also he also before he was making these very graphic works, which looked, they were like very similar to Keith Haring, which kind of bothered him in a way. Um, but he, he also did a lot of landscape paintings, like kind of impressionistic, not impressionist, but like, like impressionism, like, you know, dabs of paint, <laughs> but, but really, really nice of, of the forest actually. So he used to use green a lot. So I don't, I don't know where that came from. It came from. <laughs> It came from a bad trip, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but he doesn't, um, he's sort of like too impatient to paint anymore. And that's kind of the construction, the building houses, just... Yeah, he loves building things. It kind of, that's very immediate, and you see it. It's probably a thing with him, like, he, he feels like he's constructing his own space. He wants to be like master of his own universe. He's a Scorpio. If that, maybe, if that makes any sense. <laughs> maybe he misses the uh, the wood house in the East Village. Well, that was that was like one of many like weird adventures of my father. My father, I could write like a whole book on him. Um, oh, so he's from Sweden, and my mother's from Turkey, which is also it's like you know. I could do this whole interview just talk, talking about them because they, they've got really weird, weird stuff. Well, how did, um, growing up then, it was very creative. And I live, I live with them still. That's like the embarrassing thing, but it's also, I don't know, yeah. I, I kind of knew that someone had told me that they'd like come to your place and saw like all sorts of like interesting artwork and stuff there. Yeah, it's a very typical, like, artists, you know, a bunch of artists living in this house for 28 years, so there's just stuff everywhere. It looks sort of like hoarders, but but nicer. <laughs> <laughs> hoarders, but... Curated hoarders. <laughs> it's not that bad, but it, sometimes it is. I don't know. Uh, my place was like that when I just moved from, so I yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, so... When, were you doing lots of stuff when you were growing up, like being able to kind of explore creatively um, or like take part in things they were doing? I was always drawing and I was always like on my own. Um, I also spent like half the time in New York City and half the time in the woods in in Quebec, like an hour north of Montreal. And in the like Laurentians? There. Yeah, in the Laurentians, yeah. You know, you know Saint-Sever? No. Say sever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, yeah, it's near there, but you don't know. <laughs> it's like an hour north of Montreal. Yeah, 
Laurentians. Um, yeah, up in the woods in this this cabin with no electricity or running water or anything. So I got to just like run around the woods naked all the time. I think that feeds into some of your comics. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> it's not random. But yeah, I I was who was I talking? I was talking to someone recently about this. But yeah, yeah. So the Tarzan experience is really familiar to me. Is that kind of uh, some of the stuff in Titus? Your first thing, kind of reflective yeah. of that. The early comics that I did, most of them were just like first thing that comes to my mind. You know, it's not really much planning. So, or there was planning, but in terms of like formulating the idea, it was just sort of like the first thing I think of. Oh, that's cool. Let's go. And that it just happens to be like people who are nude in the wilderness because that, I don't know, that that's sort of my favorite state of existence. <laughs> like I would, I would just be that all the time if I could. I might, maybe the later part of my life will be, Mostly that. Just running out of the city and disappearing off into the, the French wilderness. Yeah. yeah. I'm really interested, um, especially stylistically, uh, where that book is coming from, because it seems really... That was um, Mobius. Yeah. Like I, read, I read Mobius, and I was just like, oh, I got to try. I got to try to do this, because this is the coolest thing of it. Because, um, Yeah. When I was 16, I was in California on this really weird adventure, and then this this German guy, he was like a graphic designer or something. He had a motorcycle, and he was like, oh, you like comics? Like, do you know Mobius? And I'm, I'm like, what? What is Mobius? What are you talking? And then he pulls out these full-color albums, like the large format ones, mm -hmm. and it totally blew my mind, like, because I had seen nothing like that nothing like remotely like that because later you find out like heavy metal there was all these other french guys that kind of drew in a similar style you know the lynn claire guys or that's yeah. more but but definitely like the the hatch mark the little marks and but yeah titus was definitely heavily influenced by mobius it was like me trying to do my version of that best to, to the best of my ability um, did you have kind of a full story in mind, or did you kind of allow yourself to just kind of go wherever it goes? Yeah, it was. I, I actually made that one while I was at SAIC. What's at, that? Uh, where my uh, school of the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay, that's where I went to art school. Uh, great school. I only realized how great that school was after like visiting other schools. <laughs> being like, whoa, the bar is not so high for art school. Um, was it a, a great school? Was it what? a balance? Like, what made it so great? Because, like, you hear, especially from cartoon, it's just so much horror with schools. And one of the things I always think about is, like, well, how much did you go in for the schooling and how much did you go to be able to do comics? And I did not go at all to do comics. Um, and I, I, I think when I went was, like, exactly the turning point where they started to consider comics a legitimate medium mm -hmm. like but there was still like most of the school or mo was still just like this is not art which is fine I like that I like I I'm kind of worried that it you know it, be it becomes art or it becomes valuable and then people can't do what they want to do or something but, too, um, too legitimate yeah I don't really want it to be legitimate but whatever you can't stop a train or something um but Jeremy Tinder was there. He's a cartoonist. Mm -hmm. You know, he with uh, Top Shelf originally, like his first books. He actually had gone to grad school there and then was teaching. He's still teaching. He's teaching comics there. I, I spoke to his class, his comics class, um, yesterday. A few days ago? I can't remember. Oh, wow. But um, Jeremy Tinder was my advisor. I was doing like an independent study and I was like, I'm going to make this 40 four-page comic book, that, and that was Titus. But I had started it in another... It had, oh, I'm, I'm really all over the place. But they had, they had like, a, like, two comics classes, and they were both, like, they weren't 
comics classes. They were like comics and something else. It was like there were people there that wanted to teach comics, but they could only convince the board or something that it was okay if they were linked to like fibers or something. That's what it seemed like. I don't know. Yeah. What was. But then after my class graduated, it was just like, boom, comics explosion. And then they decided that that was profitable, I guess. So they made a whole department for it. I don't know if there's a department, but it's definitely the MCA had like a comics show. Yeah. It just became legitimate for them, at least. Um, probably has to do with like the whole Hollywood adaptation of stuff, too. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works, but. But it's, it was definitely, like, right at that time. I think there's definitely a certain profitability. Like, I know one person that teaches a class on writing comics at the university here in town. And each year, they just make his class bigger. They right. don't have him teaching more classes. They just make the class bigger. So, like, he has, like, 150 students. Whoa! Yeah. That's... That's crazy. Is it, like, a seminar class? No. It's a lecture. That's what I mean. I think yeah. That's... Yeah. Seminars like usually like a dozen folks. Oh, okay, okay. Lecture. Yeah. So, yeah. But he's just talking at people. Yeah. And he doesn't have to like look at their work or anything. No, he has to. Uh, he has TAs. He had a couple of TAs. With oh my! But... They should hire me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the worst at teaching writing for. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, I went and talked to them once, and I think. Uh, it was kind of like dropping a bomb because I just kept showing them like Julie Doucet and Michael DeForge comics and I don't think they could fully process them. Cool. Um, but let's talk about you. Um, yeah. Now, Sorry. your work really quickly shifts stylistically. Yeah. Um, Every book. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that purpose or is that kind of like an ADD function of just like... Yeah, it's probably ADD. I just I just want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And then when I have an idea, I have to do it as fast as possible before I'm not into it anymore. I was reading, um, well, I read all, all the stuff you'd sent me. Um, how, did, how was that? Was that? Was it, like, exhausting? Was it just, like, the same thing over and over again? No, no, no. It was interesting, actually, because one of the neat things is, like, because you change it up so much... Um, it's kind of exciting to see what you're going to do next. Um, and one of them, especially that stuck out to me, was the the now and here, which I'm really interested about because I didn't realize. I just started reading it all the way through, and then like about four pages into it, I realized that the PDF, the pages are all switched up. Oh no! Because it's made for printing. Which one? I knew that. I thought that I. That's for the first one, right? Yeah. That sucks because that that one actually works in 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 order. Well, it's I funny because it did kind of work out of order too. It make, that makes sense because the way I made it is bogus, you know. How do you mean? Uh, so that that one was like, so those I made those three books last year, and they're made because I I just like had no time. I was doing, I don't know, I was doing a lot of stuff. Uh. I hate going to shows without something new, and I think I did like nine shows last year. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I just kept saying yes. I gotta say no to things. But um, so so now in here, I had all of these drawings for this animation that I'm working on called Cunt Eyes. That I like, I have no idea when that's gonna be finished, but I have like a good chunk of it. So you're doing an animation called Cunt Eyes. You have a band called Gun Tits. Yeah, I like I like dual monosyllabic consonant heavy. <laughs> oh, and there's also the animation Flesh Gun. Yeah, Flesh Gun, Gun Tit. There's also Iron Tit. That's like a character. Then there's a... I don't know. Yeah, they're all sort of like that. I think it's hilarious. Um, oh, it's yeah. awesome. I think it's funny. Um, oh yeah, so I had I was making this animation and then um, oh, okay, I had Sorry. all these drawings. When you make an animation, you you're you're making so many drawings, and a lot of times it's like, oh, that doesn't work, and so you just like scratch it out and throw it over your shoulder, or like that's what I do just to get get rid of it. And so I ended up with this pile of like weird screwed up 
not good animation frames, and they I thought they all were like kind of interesting drawings. Um, so I took the ones that I really liked, and then I shrank them down, and then I like had them all over my desk, like hundreds of tiny little drawings, and tried to figure out how they fit together in a story, maybe. Yeah. So I put them together in a way that I thought looked like a narrative, and then I tried to like get myself in the zone and interpret what was happening in this story in a way that I thought was like sort of poetic. And um, I, I think it is better in order, but that's why it would work out of order too, because it's not really like, it shifts a lot. It's also like, it kind of works in sections, like the, the perspective of the narrative shifts a lot uh, between different stories. It kind of like goes in and out to things. It's almost like an eye over a universe that's mm. zooming in on stuff and then zooming out again. Yeah, uh, it's very kind of of the moment. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to make all. Of, I think it's like most. I think I tried to make it all in present tense, the whole thing, mm. and then I tried to. I wanted to eliminate any words that were unnecessary. So it was just like this, you know, nouns and verbs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. And like barely any kind of grammar. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. It was that was so sort of like a writing experiment. Um, yeah, because the the drawings were kind of already done out of nowhere, and then it was like, okay, how can I write this thing into something? Uh, well, so I, what? Go ahead. Well, I just I don't know if it was. It might be the most successful of that series because all three of the books are kind of done in a similar way to that, and I think the first one is the most most successful, and I think it looks the best, too. And it had the nicest printing, too. I printed it with Carolyn Bakita, Pegacorn Press. Do you know her? Have you talked with her? No. Oh! She's awesome. No. She's, she's been making zines and stuff for, for a while. She, she prints Mike Taylor's stuff. Um, late era clash. There's so much. I just I need yeah. to know more. It's it's yeah. so hard because he's also in New York, which is cool. Uh, I Rizzo Rizzo craft. I was in New York last year after SPX, and we were doing a bunch of interviews. And I think I did the wrong end of New York, and we didn't end up getting enough interviews done. <laughs> I think. You you just have to be. Everyone's in Brooklyn. That's you, all. Yeah, no, we we were staying in Brooklyn, but it's uh, I think it's just more of the folks. We had a lot of flakiness, and I'm kind of realizing now there's other folks we should have been paying more attention to. Um, yada yada. Uh, I'm in Harlem actually. I'm not in Brooklyn. So that that's an epic trip from where we're staying in Brooklyn because we're way down South Brooklyn. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's like almost the two poles of the city. Yeah. Um, Brandon would have been fine with it because I think he used to live up in Harlem and would travel the whole way. Josh lives around here. Who too. does? Josh Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I that still, guy. I don't know where, but <laughs> so he's closer to like Columbia, I think, on the west side. Anyways, you don't know what I'm talking about. I know Josh. Yeah, there you know go. Josh. Um, now, I was actually... I found the third one to be the most successful of your oh. now and here's. Um, and I was interested about that because that's for an art show as well. Yeah, that was, uh, yep, <laughs> at Brooklyn, which is a really cool place uh, in Brooklyn that focuses on book arts. And originally it was like this traveling artist book collection. Uh, they were just traveling the country, kind of getting these crazy artist books into collections and museums, which they still do, but now they have this space as well, which serves as like um, location for workshops, and they have a small gallery space. It's really cool. They're funded by several of the New York Art Fund things, mm -hmm. so they have grants, they have money to pay people. Uh, it's great. So that's where, that's where the show was. So I got a grant or I got grant money from their grants to make the book and, and put up the show and stuff. Yeah. And that was um, 
purposefully done for them, or was that something you'd already had from your it scraps? It was done for them. I was, I was like, um, my friend Amy, who was, she's no longer, but she was the curator there. She put a post up on Facebook, like, um, asking people to apply for this, to have a show there. And I, I was just like, okay, I'll just try it. So I just, I wrote this thing and, and I actually got it, which was awesome. I didn't know that I was, that was going to happen, but, um, so I kind of like wasn't prepared to have a show and then I, I, I had to like create a whole bunch of work. Uh, I actually was supposed to be working on a book for Austin English for Domino, which may never happen now. He knows that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but Austin. So, originally I was going to try to like put, make the show connected to that book and have the release, you know, kind of two birds with one stone thing. Yeah. But I got really into these drawings that I was making, uh, and that's what ended up being the book, and that also ended up being kind of the foundation for the show. Although the show, to me, those drawings are the show, but Amy was like, I love your paintings, and I was like, I haven't painted in like five years. And she was like, you got to make some paintings for the show. I was like, okay, I'll make two paintings. They're going to be really big. <laughs> She was like, you got You should make some prints, too. So I was like, okay, I'll make some prints. So, to me, the drawings are the show. But then, installed, of course, these giant paintings sort of take over. And then everyone who comes to the show is like, what are these sketches doing here? Why aren't there more paintings? You know? Which is kind of why I hate paintings, also. Because yeah. they're just like these big, gaudy, dumb... What were your paintings like, the two you did for that? Oh, I, I should send you, uh, they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. I want to do more crazy. They're like the the kind of totally stupid paintings that I, I always wanted to do but never allowed myself to because I had that kind of fine art bullshit mentality of, um, I don't know. I don't know what my problem was. But they kind of, to me, they're kind of like comic book covers as pa- I was actually, I was trying to make pseudo-religious paintings, like really intense, like magical paintings. I feel like I, I had to, I needed like two months to work on them more because I wanted them to be like outrageously over-detailed to the point where they were like overwhelming to look at. Maybe Like even pointillism? Awesome. And- Not pointillism probably, but just like. Something that you you look at it and you'd see more and more and more, you know, it would kind of like suck you in. There'd be you'd see like small figures and then almost like like if you took the the Bible and then turned it into a paint, like every story from. Not that I, I'm not like I, I'm not way into the Bible. I haven't even read it, but <laughs> but I know there's there's all those crazy stories in there. Um, so that whole that third now and here book is also. It's like me trying to write my own mythic text. Okay. And my oh, and at the time I was it's called Trial One, which well whatever. <laughs> it's like uh I don't when I was writing it also my 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 mother was like extremely ill, kind of like all of last year, mm-hmm. which was fucking terrible. She's much better now, which is awesome. My mom's like incredible. Like everyone who meets my mom loves my mom. She's she's like uh, she's been described as a space witch, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> she's like cosmic wizard kind of <laughs> really wacky lady. But she's but a, so, she's a strong force in your life presently too. Yeah, so right now it's really weird because we're basically roommates. Because my dad is just never here. He's always like building things. Not here. And my brother moved uh, in with his girlfriend, finally. So he's never... So now it's like just me and her, and it's really weird. And I, I, we keep on joking about Grey Gardens, and that's like my absolute fear. That movie <laughs> horrifies me so much. Especially it's after just, you're describing the hoardiness to the host. Oh, yeah. It's not that bad. But like... Yeah, exactly. Like That movie is the horror version of my life right now. And it's weird because I, I can, I'm at the point, like, I'm okay money-wise uh, with enough, like, freelance, and and I got I got this teaching job at Parsons, which is awesome, teaching animation, 
Um, and, uh, so I could totally move out right now, but I'm, I don't know, I'm, like, so comfortable, I'm totally set up, and I'm also, I guess I'm also, like, worried, like, what will happen when I leave, mm-hmm. not, especially after last year, because my, my, I don't know, my dad and my brother were not really, like, emotionally equipped to, to be caregivers. Her illness was totally exactly what would happen to a space witch, actually. Because she had an extreme vertigo, which is kind of like, are you serious? Like, is this real? But she was describing it as, like, the whole world and everything is spinning in every oh, possible Jesus. direction. And it just doesn't stop. So it's like, she can't eat, she can't walk. She She's can't, just constantly she nauseous. Yeah, and you, you can't can't do anything about it. It was so... And it was something that, like, came and went, and it was it was just weird. And I, I kept thinking, like, it's because she's caught in another dimension. She's, like, <laughs> she's in between planes. Um, just, like, fitting it into my own kind of weird ideas or something. And she also, she also was just talking about death the entire time. Like, both my parents are, are much older. Um, they're in their 70s. Which is not that old, considering this day and age. But mm-hmm. so there, we are always talking about death, um, which I kind of like. I think that's good for an artist. I mean, that's just good for a person. We're always thinking about it. And she, when she was sick, she was saying like really crazy, dramatic. She's dr- she's very dramatic, anyways. But it was it was getting like crazy. Like sometimes she'd say something, and I would just laugh. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" What is this, like, showtime? What's going on? <laughs> um, so that book is heavily inspired by all of that crap. Like, it's so dark in the beginning, you know? Yeah, like, just black. Everything su- Yeah, I had to be, like, kind of a, a hope coach. Like, she was so sick, and she's telling me, like, shoot me now. <laughs> or, like... <laughs> or, or one time she said, I have... No one... No one's going to listen to this. <laughs> I'm kidding. She went, one time she said something like, oh, my sister was there too. She was like, I don't want to be reincarnated. <laughs> like she she was saying she was so tired of this life, she didn't even want to come back again or something. It was just totally weird. Mm-hmm. Only a space witch would say that. Space witch. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about how that links to your sci-fi-ness in your work. Yeah, sci-fi is my religion. If I had <laughs> personal sci-fi or like personal, that's also my dad. My um, like creating your own wild worldview, uh, yeah. creating your own spiritual identity, whatever. You know, it's not spiritual as in like yoga or what. I don't know what people think of that, but um. You know, like, who who you are as a, as a being, or, like, who you were when you got here, that kind of... Mm. I love, uh, I love Heinlein for that. I, I love any kind of, like, new-agey science fiction from the 60s or 70s. Um, all these people, you know, they thought it was, like, the new renaissance, they were taking LSD, they wanted to link, um, they wanted to link everything to quantum physics and vice versa they were just like this is it like we are god they were losing their minds but I, yeah i like that stuff i mean it's crazy some of heinlein especially uh, he had weird politics too right probably i should i should look him up more <laughs> but yeah no i'm guessing because if you read uh have you read stranger in a strange land no it's full of like free love kind of it's almost like free love propaganda but the man from mars is like the new jesus or something it's ridiculous it's a great book (laughs) you got it i mean when it first was published apparently they cut out like 500 pages because it was just too bonkers and it was it was being published as like a pulp you know like a like a dime novel or something maybe maybe not a dime but uh, (laughs) so it's been reprinted now, and it's a massive book, but it's worth it. It's good. 
Like there's a part they're having an orgy and there's lots of old people in the orgy and the, the man from Mars is saying how much he loves old people's wrinkled faces or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all the young people look the same, he says, or something, something like that. He's a, he's a human from Earth who was raised on Mars by Martians. So he can do like super deep meditation and it's cool. Um, I'm trying to remember my friends bought this one book. And it's like a weird sex thing. I can't. Uh, I'm really bad. I, I'm gonna fi- find out the name. Um, Lane uh, Milburn knows so much weird sci-fi. Yeah, you would know. I, I'm not surprised. Describe it to him in one sentence, and he probably. I don't know. Um. So, Hot Dog Beach was your um, your kind of. It's your ongoing thing. You said you're working on the third one right now. Yeah, but I, I think I, I think I'm gonna kill it after this one, unless like, I don't know, unless I change my mind. I, I have it now. It's like 50 pages. It's mostly finished. I just keep on kind of shoving it away. Uh, that, that was, if you're curious, that one was like, um, I was really into to Tezuka. Okay. And, also, uh, really into the Astro Boy cartoon. So I was trying to, like, simplify things. But I, I failed. It gets, it, it's, like, simplified for a little bit and then becomes crazy again. So where do you want to take your work? Um, are there other things you've been doing that you want to continue after that? Or do you kind of want to take the comics in a different direction? I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I know I want to. I know I. I keep on. I, keep, I don't know. I want to make more paintings. Yeah. I might take a break from comics and make. I want to make a bunch of weird paintings, like smaller weird paintings for fun. Uh, and I'd like to keep on making weird animations. And I probably am not gonna be able to stop making comics, but they're gonna. I, I definitely enjoy drawing more than I do the the kind of task. The writing and the composition. I love the composition. I love the writing. But I feel like comics are a very... If you're going to make comics that are readable and understandable and... I'm, I guess I'm not into making comics like that, which is unfortunate because I know, you know... Like, I'm never going to make comics that are, like, Love and Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I know, I have to keep telling myself. Sometimes I want to make comics like that. But, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not much of a... I'm not much of a worker in my own work, if that makes sense. Like, if I'm making something creative, I just want to be creating the whole time. I don't want to be spending a lot of time ruling out pages even like i finally this is this joke but i finally learned how to use a ruler i just hated using a ruler for so long because i didn't it just felt like work instead of creativity kind of thing so i, I just want to be drawing all the time uh but recently my friend sam sharp is an excellent cartoonist mm-hmm. uh he told me that jack kirby that Stan Lee would just sort of like tell Jack Kirby what the story would be for the issue in a very loose way. Yeah. And Jack Kirby would just like draw it and kind of make room for the text. So I was like, okay, I think I could work that way. (laughs) (laughs) Or I think I could try like that. That makes way more sense. Um, And that's sort of like all those experiments that I did. They kind of started like that. I got to find a way to do it so that it's not, as much work trying to fit all the pieces together at the end because that's getting really crazy and it doesn't always work but yeah does that answer your question i don't know i just want to keep making crazy stuff that makes me excited and i don't i really don't care about what (laughs) what other people want or something you know it's like totally for me that's kind of the point of art though right i would hope so but who knows uh, the book I was trying to think of was A Feast Unknown, and it's like weird slash fiction between Tarzan and Doc Savage. Whoa. 
Is it good? I don't know. My friend is really obsessed with it. The Feast Unknown. Yeah. It's been recent, written recently, though? No, like 60s or 70s. Oh, good. I can't read anything contemporary because it's so, like, uh, it's sort of so clouded by my own visions of the present. You know what I mean? I can't, like, get into it because I'm comparing it to my own experience of whatever's happening right now. Um, now, the the big thing you have right now is the cartoon animation for the new uh, Lightning Bolt video, uh, Metal Beast. Um, Metal East. Metal East, sorry. Yeah. Their new album, Fantasy Empire. Yeah, I guess that's the, that's the big new thing today. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, tell me about the putting that together and kind of... Did they have expectations or... No, it was so awesome. <laughs> they had no... I have a... I probably shouldn't say this to, like, prevent me from getting jobs or something, but I hate being told what to do. <laughs> so it was great that they just let me do whatever I want. I think, uh, you know, Mickey is neighbors with Brian Chippendale yeah. in Providence and, and buddies. And I, I'm pretty sure, I think she showed him, like, flesh gun or something. And yeah. I think he, I think she feeds his cats, too. Yeah, she feeds his cats. That's true. So, <laughs> so he emailed me and was like, do you want to do this? And they, there was originally seven weeks to do it, but I was already working on a bunch of other stuff that's still not finished. But, um... So I was like, yeah, he just asked me if I wanted to make an animated music video. Like, that was it. And yeah. I was like, hell yes, because I, I'd actually, I, I'm pretty sure I said out loud in college, uh, I was like, I'll never make a music video for someone, like animated, because it's so much work. And I was like, except maybe Lightning Bolt, because that would be awesome. So that was cool. Had you ever seen them play live? I had never seen them play live. They they came to Vancouver a couple of years ago and I went and I it know, was like the coolest thing fucking insane like and Vancouver people Vancouver's the worst sh place to play shows for because the audience just sits around with their arms crossed being typical Vancouver right they're all probably really like, stoned like New York yeah worse <laughs> worse because worse than New York that yeah. seems there's a lot of weed here um, they're smoking. Uh, the other type or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, the knock you on your ass type. <laughs> um, but the audience went crazy, and me and my girlfriend had to, like, stand on the chair on, like, the couch thing at the side of the thing, because just everyone was just, like, going berserk and just, like, beating the shit out of each other, and it was just, like, oh. intense. And then it was an early show, so, like, ten minutes before their set ended, like, the next crowd was coming in, it was all, like you know, regular club goers with these, like, giant bottles of vodka being brought to the back. And I don't think Chippendale even drinks. Like, it was it was intense. It was good. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to see him on the 15th. I think I'm going to go. Get ready to watch people hit each other. I know. That's, that's, that's unfortunate. I'm really into dancing really hard to, to loud noises but I, I'm always you know I think there's an art to like not hurting each other while you do that yeah yeah um you know the the stuff you use in the video um were you trying to like kind of go with shit that you knew they would like because I noticed you have like the giant like Krang from Ninja Turtles walking through at one point no I was only doing stuff that I like I never do anything that I think of, like, ever. That never occurred to me, I swear. It's, like, not... I don't know. Well, it was to all me, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's nice how it feels like one of your comics, though. Like, it totally... That's good. Like, especially the hyperspeed stuff. I think it's just, it's a really good match. That's why I always wanted to do a video for them. Uh, they're, like... Their, their sound is what I feel like. <laughs> you know, 
That their sound that that'd be a good soundtrack. Uh, it's great. <laughs> and you also you were mentioning earlier, and we mentioned the name. You have a band, Gun Tits. Gun Tit, singular. Gun tit. Oh Jesus! I'm just yeah. fucking up right left. <laughs> singular gun. Singular a singular gun tit. Mono tit. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, yeah, we're terrible. No, we're not. <laughs> we're, we're, I don't know. Whatever. We're good. We're energy. We're just trying to be energetic and have a good time. And me and Tom have a good like psychic link. Uh, Tom's a great drummer. You don't know Tom is from Providence. He's not from Providence. He's uh, but he went to RISD. Okay. Yeah. And he makes like really excellent beautiful monsters and animals and yeah his stuff is awesome there's a lot of good folks that come out of that school yeah. um now one of the big things in your work and i know you do personally is you have your motorcycle yeah uh, and, and kind of tell me how you got into motorcycle i don't like motorcycling what's the verb i'm looking for uh I don't know. Riding your motors? I don't know. Well, riding, I get. I think people just say bikes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bikes. Because, um, I was pretty. I guess I was. I was up in Canada with my dad and my brother, and we were driving past the neighbor's farm or whatever, and he had this eighty cc Yamaha dirt bike for sale, for super cheap. It wasn't that cheap actually? I don't remember, but. So I, I was riding that around in the woods when I was eight. Me and my brother were taking turns on it. And I crashed on it a lot. It was great. You could, this thing, you could go straight through the woods. Like, you didn't need a path or anything. <laughs> you go over rivers and boulders and, like, like basically just aim it at something. And it just, it just bounces? Off. Yeah, it bounces a lot. So that was the first bike. And then I didn't, that got stolen makes sense like we just like left it up in this cabin we just like broke the door down took it sucks but uh yeah and then i had a i had a 250 which is like a little bit bigger cc's is cubic centimeters and that's the displacement of the engine okay Not it's like the i don't even know i i yeah and then i had a i was saving money for grad school after college i had this like I was I was a butcher sort of, but like untrained. I was just selling meat and I had to cut it for people, but I I didn't know what I was doing. It was terrible. I was selling fish too, in this terrible place in downtown Brooklyn. That, yeah. Anyways, so I was saving money for grad school, and then I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm gonna buy a motorcycle and go cross country on it. So I did that. Uh, and this that whole time I didn't have my motorcycle license, so I finally got that too. And I was uh, I was on the road for seven months on this '84 Nighthawk 700S, and I had I put all it was like blue and black, but then I put these yellow decals on, I like all these vinyl stuff. So mm-hmm. I made it, it looked like something out of the comic books. It was cool. Nice. I, I killed it. I killed two of those bikes basically. And so now you <laughs> try to. Uh bike to shows as much as you can no i just i just like touring on riding a motorcycle in new york city is not fun because of all the lights and stuff and the traffic my brother actually has a a really cool like small suzuki dirt bike that's awesome for traffic in new york but i don't have one i have a kawasaki now but touring on a motorcycle is the best like traveling places and taking the smaller roads and just uh it's awesome it's the best, best thing i've ever done in my life so far was that trip uh yeah really and that, cool and that and was just, that was all the way to the coast yeah I went, well first i went up the east coast and i went to nova scotia and i went all the way to the end of nova scotia and i was thinking of going to prince edward island but oh, i wow. changed my mind <laughs> And then I was heading back, and I got stranded in New Brunswick because I did something really stupid. I don't know what you're going to say. 
and I was like camped out <laughs> behind a um, an A and W, you know that burger place. Oh yeah. And they were nice. They like gave me free breakfast. I was like, my card, something was wrong with my card, and I had like barely any Canadian money left. It was totally messed up. And then I I was staying in this um, Honda dealership, like. They let me stay in this room above their offices or something. I killed the bike. And then I took the bike back to New York. My dad had to come rescue me, which was ridiculous. I could have, like, I could have sold the bike, I guess, and hitchhiked home or something. But, uh, I got another bike, the same model. You don't want to hear this whole story. This is a whole long... Anyways, <laughs> I, I, went, I went back to New York. I bought another bike for... These bikes were so cheap. They're they're like they're still pretty cheap. First one, I I can't even get into. I almost I I've been wanting to make a book about the whole motorcycle thing, but I don't know if I'll ever do that because it's not. I'd have to figure out a way to make it like as exciting as. As like, it is in your like, head. <laughs> well, no, I think it is exciting, but but I don't like drawing regular stuff. So I, yeah. maybe I'd have to code it in science fiction or something, and and just do. That would be great. Maybe I'll just do that. I had to get another bike with a good motor, and then I swapped it out, basically. Like, I put, so then I had two bikes, and I put them together. I had one good running bike again. Then I went off again. I went straight, like, due west. And I hit, like, the all the states except the bottom row I got. So. Wow. I kind of went, I just, I had a map. Uh, and I would just like see something that sounded cool or looked cool and I would just go there. So the path was really windy. And then I ended up in LA and I left it in my buddy's garage for a month. I had to go back to New York to release Chromazoid 2, I think, and have like a part release party and stuff. And then I got back to his garage and the bike wouldn't start, which was terrible and weird. And that bike never started again. <laughs> I think it just, just died. You just rode like, it to the ground. Yeah, it was a valve failure. But it was very weird that it happened. Uh, I wish I had tried to fix it, actually. But at that time, I, I did not know enough to even attempt it. I think now I could attempt it, at least. I don't know if I... But Now, Chromazoid, that's an anthology you put together? Yes, I only put out two of them. I wanted, I was trying to make myself put out at least three, but I only did two because I, I was just losing, I was bleeding money yeah. on both of them, and I, I didn't do it correctly, and I didn't pay the artists, and I was, it was like, I, yeah, it's a lot it was of very ambitious and stupid. I'm glad I tried it, but it was totally <laughs> dumb. And now I have, I have so many chromosomes, and I think I, like. I don't know if I should just give them away or, you know, make them super cheap. Because I want people to have them. I want people to read these. and th- They also come with music. Mm-hmm. The first one comes with a cassette tape, which is ridiculous. Because I was like, it's a mixtape. It's got to be on tape. <laughs> people like tapes now. I don't know. And then the second one is on CD. I think the tapes are hip and cool with the kids. I love tapes. They fit in your pocket and they cost five bucks. And they sound shitty. <laughs> I like tapes a lot. Just get a little ghetto blaster that you can put on your bike and crank it off the back? Hell yes. I think about that too often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do have a boombox and I'm, I'm like, oh, I gotta rig something to just put it in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see that. It'll happen. Maybe by cake. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lolly, for joining me today to We're talk done. about your comic. We're done. I sucked up all the time. You're, I'm done with you. Get out of here. Uh, reminder, folks, you can check out her work in, <laughs> well, the new uh, Lightning Bolt video, Metal East, uh, Hyperspace Nowhere, Hot Dog Beach, uh, now and here, and don't forget, it's got lots of copies of Chromazoid. If yeah. You, uh, want to check that out. We're on sale. There we go. They'll be cheap. Um, make it so she doesn't have to carry them on her bike to a comic convention. Um, yeah, not going to do that. Adios.